Dark save for light being cast from the big TV screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning. Hey, lions! I got, I gotta say, man, I'm, I am, for the amount that you hyped this game, I not to bury the lead. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. So, okay. So, I feel like. For a while now, I've been trying to tell you how great Metal Gear Metal Gear Solid is, and, mm-hmm. and what we played was Metal Gear, which right, is, which was not solid, man. You kept saying how solid this game was, and it's not a solid game. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> so uh, we did it. We're gonna do this, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not solid about it. <laughs> I'm yeah. liquid about this. <laughs> this. I don't really know what to do when somebody says to me, I'm liquid about this, because that definitely sounds like you need more fiber in your diet or less fiber. Yeah, <laughs> that joke would have made sense if we played Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I don't know, man. It... Okay, so here's what we're going to do. All right, you you need to show me exactly what game in our library we're talking about, because like I went there, I mean, like, and, and I went through the games, and it, this is Metal Gear. Yeah. 1987. You know, yeah, like when, big... when you were organizing them and I said, you should probably separate them by system. And you're like, no, nah, dude, alphabetical. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be confusing. No, alphabetical, right? I mean, series like, look, are a thing. There's a thing called series where there's multiple games in a series. I don't I'm, I am not picking up what you're laying down. It's way too liquid for me. So 1988, <laughs> you were close. 87 was the MSX original. Uh, OK, uh, this is the nes port yeah and and um so there's a thing about the metal gear universe because uh, there's more than one game in this series there's a thing about this universe and uh you know we we try to reflect on these games in a way that's uh purely nostalgic right we don't dig in and do research we're not interviewing developers right um this game is an interesting ex not exception to that rule but it's an interesting counter to that rule because um hideo kojima the very in-your-face director, producer, writer, creator, everythinger of these games. Um, he is like a pop culture thing, right? So, like, if you are into these games or you're into this kind of game, there's a good chance you know a lot of background stuff because he's, like, super public. He does lots of interviews. He's, like, people are always trying to drag information out of him. So uh, here's a quote that I wanted to make sure I shared from Hideo Kojima about the NES version of Metal Gear, the one we played. Not the MSX one that speedrunners play because it's good. The NES one that we played, okay? This is a direct quote from the man, okay? I had absolutely no participation in the development of the NES version. (laughs) The NES version was a pitiful title developed cheaply and simply by a small team in Tokyo. That was during the bubble economy, where anything and everything that was released would sell. I came across the game in a bargain bin and tried to play it, but the game design is pretty bad. There is some gameplay that includes infiltrating a base that didn't exist in the original. However, even I, the developer of the original game, was unable to infiltrate the base even once. And it goes on like this. And the end of this this, uh, part of the interview is, that title has only soiled my reputation. 
Excellent. So, <laughs> so speaking of things that were soiled, what are your nostalgia goggles for this? Yeah, so I, I never played this game, which I, I felt like I was trying to explain to you, but somehow you just weren't picking it up. The good news is uh, I knew this game a lot through reputation. So I had a pretty not at all good idea of what we were getting into, like not even close. <laughs> I knew... Uh, that it was canonical, right? So it's a long series. There's many, many games in the series, and the original is canonical, right? Because there, there are 13 years between the original and the one I wanted to play. So you could imagine a breakdown in that much time. But in fact, this is the canonical beginning of the Snake story. So I'd always been curious about it because I've played all of the modern games, right? Like I, I lived through all the modern games and I played through all those, and so I was very curious about like, oh, what what was his origin story like? Like, what is this whole, where did this whole universe start? And I knew it was an MSX game that never came to the West because we never got the MSX in the West. Uh, so they ported it to the Nintendo. I did not know that the Nintendo port was so, so banned by the original creator, <laughs> which is really nerve wracking. Like, can you imagine those poor people just being like, hey, man, we tried our best. Um, but yeah, that, that's basically how I was going into this was with relatively low expectations for the game itself, but super excited to get more material out of the universe. And then, then this game happened to us. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes. So I, I also had no nostalgia goggle for this. Um, and so, you know, when you were like, oh, we should play, we should play Metal Gear. I was like, yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, I, I started playing it and we will get into the, uh, audio, the visuals and and the gameplay. But, uh, I was, because I mean, that's the thing is that, you know, obviously I don't, I don't live under a rock. So, I mean, I'm, you know, familiar, like there's like Metal Gear five and, you know, I, I, I'm familiar enough with like the memes of the internet where, you know, he runs up to people and somehow parachutes them back to base or (laughs) yes, yes, he does do that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, so I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm passingly familiar with this, and I mean the, the 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 new one that everybody's excited about with all the zombies, you know, like that's that's also supposedly ten actually, out of ten. Think... <laughs> actually, to be fair, I think that 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 one is more if if you if you consider this one the form, then the newest one is a return to form. <laughs> <laughs> that I think that's a fair way to sum it up. Um, so uh, yeah, so let's talk about the visuals. Let's let's talk about the visuals. Um, this game certainly had some. Uh, they're not they're not enjoyable. The, the like, word I think you might be looking for because it's the best word I could come up with is uninspired. They they are completely generic NES era graphics, and mm-hmm. for the time they were going for a certain amount of realism and a certain amount of detail that was frankly pretty uncommon for games at that time a lot of games opted for like cartoonier graphics and they're they're trying for a certain amount of realism but because the fidelity is so low you end up with just a lot of like kind of muddy colored darker palette blocks um weirdly enough the only place in the game that i saw that's like where there's a lot of colors popping is the roof of buildings for some reason Mm -hmm. there's like a lot of blues and oranges up there and it's like 
it's like the color like pops and it's exciting, but everything else is like you're in the jungle and it's a bunch of yep. military buildings. So they're like gray and brown. Everything's like muddy and washed out. Um, one of the notes I have is that the way that that Snake walks is <laughs> his, beyond his ridiculous. Jaunty shuffle. Yeah, like whatever, whatever that is. I mean, he he looks like um, I don't know, like like the uh, it, this isn't exactly what it is, but you know that that music that the Blues Brothers is playing, like when the Blues Brothers are like sneaking around, you know. Like that's the way I feel like like that kind of motion is kind of what he's going for. Now the speed isn't right, but if you like took a video of him walking around and like slowed it down so that way it would match that pace. That's about what it would feel like. It literally looks like he is he is tiptoeing the way that a four-year-old would tiptoe if they'd only watched Tom and Jerry cartoons. You know? Yeah, it's the the over over exaggerated foot lift to mm-hmm. gently place it down at the end and then mm-hmm. just do that ad infinitum, completely ignoring how utterly exhausting and inefficient that that motion is. While your arms are like super high up and chambered, you know, like, like, because for whatever reason, having your arms lowered, like makes you louder, I guess. I don't, I don't know. But yeah, no. And so, so to me, as far as visuals and surface visuals for, for visual <laughs> sake, right? Is uh, this isn't visuals and surface of gameplay, which is its own monster. <laughs> but uh, is is that if this the whole thing is that you know again? I think that one of the core and correct me if I'm wrong for the actual you know the actual games like not this <laughs> not this game the actual games. Um, but I think that one of the core aesthetics is is fantasy and the idea it's like you are solid snake and you you know are like super sneaky super stealthy oh, and oh yes in in fact um and and i i think i've probably mentioned this to you before but just in case there's anyone listening who somehow does not know this hideo kojima desperately wanted to make movies and somehow tripped and fell into video games and the reason that that knowing that about him matters is because his games tend to do something that some players find really unacceptable, which is you don't always get to decide what the player does sometimes or the character other. Sometimes the character does things that are not what you want him to do. And you're like, Oh, but that's not what I would have done. And Hideo Kojima is sitting somewhere counting his stacks of yen going, I don't care what you want. I wanted to tell a story and I'm, I'm okay with that. A lot of players aren't, and even in this game, going way, way back to the 80s, like, you are not supposed to be you controlling Snake or you, uh, you know, like, even pantomiming as Snake. Like, you are Snake. And if you do something that Snake wouldn't have done or that goes against the narrative, it almost always results in failure. Right. And and that's the thing. And that's And that, to me, in video games, that's okay. You know, because basically it's it's not saying, like, you know, the point isn't for the player to say, I am trying to tell my story of a special ops, you know, commando. It's it's like, no, I want you to experience the story of this special ops commando. You know, and I mean, it's just, it's it's completely different things and games can be used for both, right? So this is definitely, I mean, because to me, like The Last of Us, you know, you you don't, that, that story ends one way, 
you know? Yeah. And, and like, and there are times where you're like, oh man, I can't believe that that just happened. But you aren't always feeling like, I can't believe I just did that. Right. And I understand why some people are like, no, no, I want, if the game wants me to do something, then the mechanics and the narrative should drive me to making that choice. And my pushback has always been like, yeah, but sometimes they just want to tell a story. Like it's not yeah. about tricking you into behaving a certain way because that makes you feel differently if you feel like you've been tricked, right? If they yep. just want to tell a story of Snake the Super Soldier, it's way easier to just tell that story. So, so with all that being said, is if we if we assume that the course one of the core aesthetics is uh, is fantasy, right? I I am Solid Snake. You are you know? giant tiptoeing rat arms, man. Right, that completely pulls me out of it. Like I don't, I don't feel like some, you know, insanely honed, specially trained special ops. You know, I mean, like he's he's tiptoeing around like a jackass. You know, so like, so that that visual was just to me. I I, I don't. It was just like that glass shattering. You know. And, and just right off the bat, I was just like, oh, I'm going to pick this game apart probably because, you know, like, I, because at that point, I'm like, what, what's the, I, I don't want to be this guy. You know, I don't want to understand his story. I don't want to do any of this because, and it seems like, like a lot to put on this, that one animation, but it would just be kind of like, you know, if, uh, <laughs> it would be kind of like if, if James Bond, right? Like, you know, comes in and he's like, and he's like super spy. And all of a sudden he just constantly did that Andy quote from the officer. He's like, right? Like that, <laughs> that would not sell, you know? And like, like if, 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 you know, you imagine, you know, Pierce Brosnan or whoever your, your, your bond is, what, what was the, the most recent one? I forget his name. Uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Could you imagine if you saw Daniel Craig, like, like walking walking out of the ocean shirtless you know like just like like shredded you know like and and then all of a sudden just you know like that (laughs) that this this walking animation was him constantly going to me so yeah i mean one you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) two um you hit on something that i think is important to know about these games and uh, I, I don't want to speak for you, but I don't plan on getting into this. I just want to mention that uh, this game and this series, for better or worse, is pretty much entirely a male power fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. The The main character is a very stereotypical 80s action hero. You're in an 80s action hero setting. You are fighting 80s action hero villains. All like, the women's are fawning over you in ridiculous over-the-top ways. Yeah, totally. And And there are things that are obviously problematic about all of that. And and I'm not like, that's not what we're going to do is pick all that stuff apart. Um, (laughs) But, but I think that that it matters to like be clear about that because the way snake like, you know, throws his punch, his little punch animation, the fact that all of the guards are literally just the exact same shirtless, like Rambo looking guard. Like, I don't know why Mm -hmm. everyone in this, like, jungle nation is like a pale white guy who's super jacked (laughs) but like that's almost all the guards and the only other guards you see are wearing like super futuristic-y like kind of mega armor but basically Mm -hmm. they're all literally just like carbon copies of this one 80s rambo stereotype like the entire game is basically schwarzenegger versus rambo and Mm -hmm. I, i mean that's 
that was not designed to appeal to basically half the world, right? And and for right. you for you to say like his ridiculous little walking animation <laughs> like pulled you out of it, it's like oh well. I'm looking at the menu here and all we had on today's uh today's list was male power fantasy. So if you're not yep. if you're not here to eat that, then we are in trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's just kinda like, you know, having a restaurant that says like, We only serve meat. If you're a vegan or a vegetarian, then get the heck out of here. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna go there and order a steak and they're like, Ooh, no, we don't really have steak per se. We only have, you know, like earth fed you know free range you know cows that we massage and it's it's just like dude you 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 had this one audience that was this very specific thing and then you didn't even you didn't even hit that like you really kind of curtailed your audience for this and then you got all of the one set of people that could like this into a room and pissed them all off yeah. so uh so that's, yeah that's what you're dealing with with that walking animation um correct <laughs> And I think, uh, I, I will say, because the, the graphics are, they're not bad visually, right? The visuals are not bad. Um, they are uninspired, with the notable exception that uh, the vehicles, like the trucks, the Jeeps, there's like a sports car for some reason mm-hmm. in one part, um, the tanks, like those are all lovingly crafted. Like whoever mm-hmm. did those graphics was probably a kid who made like little model airplanes and model cars and stuff like loved World War Two maybe and, and like built those little models in their room because the the tree the trees, right? The, the jungle that's just like a green smear on the edge yeah. so that you know you can't go that way. Um those are not lovingly crafted. The sprite animations are uninspired but the vehicles are like they look really good and a couple of the enemy like boss enemies are basically big vehicles like you fight a tank you fight this weird pusher thing it's like a tank with like a big plow on the end Mm -hmm. um and they look great they look really good like that person should have maybe done all of the trees and stuff too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean like there are definitely some some animations that were that were good um as far as uh visuals in service of gameplay um i didn't really think that they that that they were they weren't the worst that we've seen no they (laughs) certainly weren't the best though because like for example there was a really keen audio cue for when you were noticed right and we'll we'll get to that in audio um but that being said is that like you know, I really struggled a lot of the times with exactly how close I could get to somebody before they became alerted to my presence or, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the the way it looked, because like in, in later stealth games, including the Metal, Metal Gear Solid franchise, uh, there's usually uh, what's called the, the vision cone. And yeah. the way it felt in Metal Gear is they have 100% vision across the screen if they have direct line of sight and are facing you. Mm-hmm. So they have no peripheral vision. Like you can stand directly next to a guard. And if you are, you know, to their East and they're looking South, they do not see you. And if they turn because it's their Sprite animation, so they don't rotate. So if they go from facing South to facing straight North, 
they also will not see you. Like, even right. though presumably if they had turned in that direction, they would have passed right in front of you. I guess they had, you know, like motion blindness and they just <laughs> they don't see you standing there. But yeah, it's, and and I mean, there's no like, there's no clue that they're about to turn, right? There's no indicator that they're about to change their direction. And some of them move on a pattern, but a lot of them move near random. So mm-hmm. you have to chance it and run up and punch them to death or you have to get the pistol that has the silencer and shoot them because the silence pistol won't set off the alert right but Mm -hmm. it's not it feels more like red light green light than it feels like stealth because you don't have enough information and you don't have enough ability it's not like you can dive behind a, a you know bunch of cans or you can you know sneak in the shadows like you move on the same north south east west axis as most Nessera games so mm-hmm. it, it feels less like stealth and more like red light green light right where you're just like right. like oh they turned around they saw me i have to shoot them all now yeah exactly and i mean and and i think that all of that's done from the lack of visual cues because if you you know, like you said, is that, you know, clearly if you're in front of them, they're, they're going to see you. But for me, I was looking at it like a vision cone, like you said, you know. So, you know, to me, like if I was close to them and, you know, they were like walking away, I'd be like, OK, now I'm going to sneak up on them. But then if all of a sudden they turned around, you know, just literally do an about face 180 then all of a sudden they see me. There's no and there's no counterplay there. There's nothing that tells me oh, they're about to do this. Literally, you just have to memorize what that particular guard's motion and actions are, you know? So because there is there is the failure spectrum here, in the failure spectrum in most good stealth games, in my own, in my own personal opinion, uh, that's right, um, <laughs> is, is that, that, is that good, good stealth ha- games have a very broad failure spectrum, right? So basically the idea is, I mean, and, and Metal Gear, I think, is often used as an example of this. So, you know, I've never played Metal Gear 5, but tell me if this is, I'm going to tell you what I think should happen and tell me if it doesn't, <laughs> which is that basically like the idea is you go in and you're super sneaky, stealthy, 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 right? But then, you know, you can screw up a little bit and you kind of make people a little bit aware of where you are. Right. You know, so like they're on alert now, you know, then you can screw up even more and people can become aware of your presence. Right. But then a lot of times, like, you know, it's just that person. Right. So then you can do something to them and stop everything. But if you continue to behave poorly, then everyone becomes aware of your presence. So like as you continue to make mistakes, the situation gets more dire and dire. But that, be, that being said, even if you alert everybody, you can like quick duck and move and, you know, like fire off an RPG, like off into the distance and, you know, create cover and get away. Right. No, so is that about? Oh, more than, you know, like you can, <laughs> you can shoot out someone's radio in Metal Gear 5. So like as they are lifting their radio to their mouth to call for backup and like to alert the rest of the base you can shoot out their radio that's that'd be horrifying man because there's no way you didn't also clip their hand you know well you can shoot it out with like a you have like a a stun dart pistol of course you do so but anyways i mean you also have lots of murder weapons but like you can if you're trying to go through the game without murdering anyone because in later games that was like a way to rank higher and like get goodies Mm. um you you can do stuff like that to avoid like not only is there a clear escalation but there are really clever and cool ways along the escalation path to escape 
you know, from the situation or to deescalate. Um, right. Obviously, you know, what the PS4 and Xbox One and PCs are capable of today uh, is not directly comparable to the MSX, but... But that being said, is that when you have a complete lack of visual cues paired with, and this is more mechanics, a complete lack of failure spectrum, basically, I mean, like, if you get spotted, you, you're getting shredded with with bullet fire, you know? I mean, like, and the problem is because health doesn't regenerate and rations are weird. Uh, few and far between, but somehow they respawn infinitely in certain areas, but we'll get into all of that, right? Um but because rations are few and far between, right? You know, so basically, like, if you screw up, there is a high likelihood that you have now, like, if you screw up once, then you are just toasted. And there's no visual indicators that help you along that failure spectrum. So basically, a guard can be walking away from you. You can be walking up to them. There is absolutely no indicator that they're about to literally in instantaneously <laughs> turn around and see you and then instantaneously start shooting you with bullets. It, it, and and I just, oh, just that, one that that is actually another good point I want to uh, emphasize is there you've been spotted animation happens simultaneously with the them attacking you animation so it's mm -hmm. not like you and I are walking around you know uh, adjoining corners in an office building and then we like oh oh sorry oh excuse uh here I'll go this oh no no I'll go right. okay I'll go the left and you no no my left right there's none of that. And and the later games do that. There's like a delay when they're like, oh, God, an enemy combatant is here, right? And like you as the super trained super soldier, like you can react a little quicker because you know you're infiltrating. They don't. Um, but these people like the instant they see you, they're like rabid dogs. Like they just yeah. immediately go insane. So so I have a D&D &D story that I promise We'll relate back to this, but I was, I was playing with a group, and basically the guy was completely green. He had only played, like, uh, you know, actual video games, right? So this was his first time in the world of D&D &D where everything's possible. And so they were going down a, uh, you know, an alleyway, and he's like, I want to ready an action. I was like, for what? And he was like, for anybody doing anything threatening. And I was like, you're going to have to be more specific than that, because if you're on that high alert... You know, like, there's lots of things that you could consider to be threatening. He's like, any anybody doing anything even remotely threatening? I'm like, really? What What are you readying an action to do? He's like, because he was an archer, he's like, shoot them in the face. I'm like, <laughs> so just for the record, if anybody does something that you even remotely consider threatening, you are going to preempt their initiative and shoot them in the face. And he said, yes. And I said, all right. So, of course, he shot a bystander. I mean, that's immediately what happened because somebody just walked up to him and tried to give him directions, you know, and then he just blew them away. When you, and as said, the DM, were required to teach him that lesson. Yes, exactly. But so to me, in the later Metal Gear Solid games, the all of the, um, you know, soldiers that you are going up against have readied an action to shoot an enemy combatant, which requires a positive identification. Yeah. So when they become alerted to you, they then have to take that split second to positively ID you as not a friendly <laughs> and then begin to open fire. These soldiers are not those soldiers. They are ready to action for anything that looks threatening. Yeah. And they're just... <laughs> And so then, like, the minute that they see anything, they just literally and, – and all of the guns are, are, aren't are set to semi-automatic. They are set to fully automatic. They just unleash hell, like, to whatever they see. 
they are effectively in their minds. They are not, you know, the SEAL Team six, 6 Sniper Rifle to Brigade. They are Doom Guy, you know? <laughs> they, they are Doom Guy in a world where they know there is no friendly fire because <laughs> they all behave as if they are the lone combatant fighting a room full of enemy soldiers. <laughs> and, and so we have to, as we're talking about this, we have to talk about the hitbox because... The hitbox in this game is broken in several what I consider unacceptable ways, like ways that have just not aged well at all. And I honestly have a hard time believing people really enjoyed even in 1988. Um, for one thing, I find, it, I find you calling them broken uh, insulting because that is an insult to things that were broken because at one point they did function. <laughs> That's fair. So this is, uh, <laughs> let's say, uh, badly designed. <laughs> because from the ground up it, yes. it is working as designed and the design <laughs> is bad right so it's like uh it's like one of those little boxes where you flip the switch and all the machine does is turn itself back off i love those yeah those are those are fantastic yes yeah and this and, is that and they're good because they're funny but they don't serve any actual function the hitbox in a video game serves a specific function and when it doesn't serve that function it is badly designed so Correct. one of the ways that the hitbox is really badly designed is uh, your weapons tend to be loud and it's a stealth game, a stealth game where you want to, whenever possible, avoid combat. So you will either punch someone to death or shoot them with a silenced pistol if you have to engage them. Remember that engaging them at all is actually not what you want, right? So mm -hmm. uh, punching them to death does not alert other uh, enemies unless they see you and shooting them with a silenced pistol does not alert other enemies but basically anything else you do does right explosions unsilenced weapons like you would expect right um right when enemies are alerted to you there's a little bit of um rng random number generation stuff that's going on right and uh, one of those like bits that can get flipped is whether or not the enemies just charge you like psychopaths or they charge you like psychopaths while firing their guns and if they charge you like psychopaths while following their guns, firing their guns, they seem to stay a little bit further away from you, which may actually be better because when they intersect with you, they literally intersect with you. So if you are being charged down by enemies, the entire time your sprites are overlapping in any amount, you are taking damage. Mm -hmm. And so they they can just dogpile you to death. And a lot of my deaths were that. It was not being shot to death by men with guns. It was being dogpiled to death by men with guns. Which, yes. kind of to your point about the way of walking, <laughs> there is something that is a little bit fantasy and immersion breaking when it's like, did a bunch of shirtless men just pin me down to death? Like, is that how Snake went out? Like, he was pinned <laughs> to the ground to death? Like, he was touched to death? And, like, again, I get, like, there's a limit to the... But they don't have to let the sprites completely overlap, right? The MSX and the Nintendo were capable of saying, don't... Right? Like, video games have walls. They can make the sprites not completely overlap. And not only would that look a lot better when you're just not covered in enemy sprites that are clipping in and out of existence because they can only process so many frames of animation at the same time, but it would also make the world feel a little more solid if they can't just magically Ooh. merge with you like they've screwed up the fusion dance. Like, it's just... 
it's visually awkward. And again, I get the time, but it's also incredibly frustrating because once they dogpile on you, you cannot run so much faster than them that you will totally un overlap your sprite before you die. So you get to die in this really unspectacular, unflattering way that's like, oh, okay, I... I, I guess I died and it, it doesn't feel like, Oh man, like they shot me down or like, Oh man, like I, you know, I, I lost in a fist fight with this super soldier. Like I just, they just, they just pressed against me until I died. They, 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 uh, Mr. Smith deal, you know? <laughs> yes. That's, that's what it is, that's you it. know? <laughs> but, uh, but that being said, it's not only the, the hitbox utter garbage for, interacting with uh and, and again the game is so unforgiving that because i mean like we played some games that had some kind of iffy hit boxes but normally the cycle time so short that even if the and and also it's, it's in favor of the player but like even if there's something where you're like eh, eh, i don't know but you know then if it's like but it set me back 30 seconds or whatever but when all of a sudden you know you step in an area that basically is in the hitbox of their vision, which you're unaware of, right? And then you try to duck, weave, and move. And then you are either A, intersected with them, which is weird, or B, your hitbox with the environment, which is also complete and utter garbage, right? So that means like all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I have now alerted everyone to my presence, including the dogs that are just about you know, that are all, I mean, because I, I say that they were wolves. They're definitely not wolves. They're definitely dogs, but no, they're, they're, no, they're dogs they're, without. They're like Dobermans because they've got that oh, like, definitely Dobermans, yeah, they're yeah. You know, black on top, brown underneath. Um, Dock ears. But yep. the, the fact that they're just all over the place and not usually not with guards makes them mm-hmm. seem more like junkyard dogs. Mm-hmm. like that i don't know well, if if i have like some weird reason that that's where my mind goes but when you just walk into the middle of a field and it's full of angry dobermans with no humans around to like watch them or deal with them i'm just like is this is this a junkyard am i in a junkyard what it is is they, they all of them belongs to the guards that are constantly suffering from narcolepsy and so then they just got out into the wild and began to breed so now they are they are wild dogs. There you go. But they're, all that being said dingos. is that you know, like, yeah. But that being said, you know, for whatever thing happens with it, has suddenly put you on the failure spectrum of you are not quite dead yet. Give it a second. But you know, you are now trying to flee from death. There is nothing that is more immersion breaking than clipping against the small little piece of jungle that happened to be out in the pathway that just full dead on stops you. You know, because now, I mean, like, if you want to talk about something that makes it feel like you're playing a game and a bad one at that, that'll do it. And especially when you know that you were, like, being super stealthy and super sly despite all of the game's failings, and then you clip the thing, and now you're going to be kicked all the way back to the beginning of the game is just emotion. I mean, like, these are the games that have... I, I, I honestly believe that whoever did make this, because obviously it wasn't Hideo Kojima, that guy... <laughs> Um, it wasn't him. Kojima. It, yeah, that guy. Um, it wasn't him. I think whoever did make it clearly had stock in televisions because I am confident that their goal was to put as many controllers into as many televisions as humanly possible because I literally, I mean, I bought my TV. I don't want to buy another one, but I sat there and looked at the controller and looked at my TV and be like, is the catharsis worth it? Because about <laughs> the 15th time I clipped on the side of some dumb thing that I shouldn't clipped on, uh, I was considering it. 
So this is the downside of the super detailed, lovingly crafted vehicles because the super detailed, lovingly crafted vehicles are they you know the game is top down like a lot of games from this era and even today really, but the the camera's top down, but everything's kind of at that like three quarters you know Final Fantasy overworld map sort of view where you're like somehow you're looking at things from the side, but some things you're looking at from an angle. Cause they, I mean, they were just doing the best they could with the processing power they had. Right. It, it, it's like, it's like in the episode where uh, Homer Simpson um, bests Mr. Burns with uh, um, negotiating the union contract. And then he does that on the floor. Like that's what they're doing. Like he's just like running, but like on the floor. Yeah. Yeah. But somehow with his feet, not on anything. Yeah, no, totally. So, where this the vehicles tie into this is I didn't catch myself clipping on the jungle that often. Although, I mean, definitely sometimes. But the place that I screwed up basically 100% of the time was trying to navigate around a vehicle because the vehicle looks like a rhombus, you know, like that's kind of leaning, right? Mm-hmm. That's a rhombus. But really, its hitbox is a rectangle. And so mm-hmm. you are, it's a stealth game, right? And if you've ever played any modern stealth games, you're thinking about taking the shortest path possible. So you're like, oh man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run around this truck and I'm going to like hug the back of the truck. And then, you know, like by the time he comes around to the other side of the truck, I'll already have my gun drawn and I'll shoot him in his done shirtless face. Like, but, but you don't do that. It never, ever, ever goes that way because what actually happens is it looks like you should be able to walk around the truck but you can't because in reality the hitbox is a rectangle and the image is a rhombus and you are going to clip where there appears to be nothing right or you're not going to clip you're going to collide rather and and I did that I don't know every single damn time and yep. like the 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 collision detection to get into the back of a truck is like you are facing the back of the truck but you have to face a specific part of the back of the truck and snakes Sprite is larger than the back of the truck. So you don't actually always line up the way you would imagine because you don't go in head first, right? Where your head needs to be aligned with the entry point. You actually go in like hips first, where you kind of like, (laughs) you kind of like limbo in where, you know, I imagine like, oh, the truck is too small. So I have to like limbo backwards. To get it right, and then when you're inside the truck, of course, it's much larger because it's right. I get like how sprite it's, animation is bigger on the inside. Yeah. I get how TARDIS's work and all, but like it, they should have just made the entire back of the truck collision detection for getting into the truck. Because when you are trying to escape from the baddies and you're like, oh, I'm gonna jump into the back of this truck, and then you just mush your face against the tailpipe <laughs> like an idiot, and they shoot you to death or they clip over you to death, it just it, you're just like I'm not a super soldier. I'm I'm nothing. This is terrible. This isn't fun. Why am I doing this? You see, now I'm picturing the person who taught Snake how to enter trucks, like at that part of the training camp, and he's just like, "All right, I need you to go in there, take the truck." And he starts walking. In, he puts his hand, goes, "No, no, no, hips first. But <laughs> and and so what what kind of happened to me was similar, which is that like you said, like the the detection for when you're entering a truck is is poor. I actually had it on the opposite end that whatever my intuition was was that I am not because if you if you're if you happen to collide with whatever it is that says you are now entering the truck, it happens regardless of your entry angle, right? So if you're going straight down, right? Like so to me, walking 
behind the truck, right? It'll still sometimes dump you into the truck, you know? Yeah, some of them trigger even when as probably not what you were asking for. <laughs> Correct. So for me, so and sometimes there are bad guys in the truck and sometimes there are bad guys outside the truck. So I like literally <laughs> was like, 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 you know, bad guys are coming at me. I got to get in the truck. And I go in the truck. Oh, there are people in the truck. And so I run out. Oh, there are people outside. And I run back and I'm not meaning to go back and forth in between the truck and the outside. But basically, I'm just imagining, again, the three stooges level of comedy that, you know, must be happening because from their point of view, I'm looking into the truck and, you know, <laughs> mouth agape, eyes wide, and then looking outside and going like, ah, ah, what do I do? Oh, my goodness, gang. I'm really in a pickle this time yeah. as I'm being shredded to death with bullets. Not to mention <laughs> <laughs> not to mention when that happens, sometimes you're, you're dumping in and out of a truck inadvertently that's taking you places. So I don't know what that truck's particular schedule was. They had it going back and forth between the campment every 30 seconds. But I actually started to get a little motion sick because, and this is my final note for visuals, is that I get that they had to let you know that the truck was moving somehow. <laughs> I don't think that they needed the truck because I think that, you know, you could sh have shuffled it off one pixel and that would have given you a truck's moving. They shuffled it off like four pixels. Yeah, and it, that... it's like a half a Sprite. Like it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Which means that, that those are some bumpy roads, man. Because like I was just sitting there, like, like, oh god, oh man, I, I like, I mean, his spine would be coming out of his eyes, you know, like, <laughs> which, which is not where you want your spine to be. No, no, I mean, he would have been like Brian in the back of the thing, where it's just kind of like, what, what's wrong with you? It's like I, I'm a dog, I can't stand up in a car. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, I need to, I need to talk to you about a specific thing with these visuals that I'm fairly confident has never happened in another game we've played. And I would even go so far as to speculate has maybe never happened in another video game ever because it really? is. really Yes. Because, and, and I'm going to, before I complain really loudly about this, I am willing to accept that it is possible that there was something going on that I just didn't understand. That being said, I did put in effort to establish whether or not I was just an idiot, right? I, I actually really tried to see, like, am I just not understanding what this is visually communicating to me? And all I kept coming back to was just, no, no, the game is wrong. I am not stupid. And here is what that thing is. If you are on a part of the map where there is something to the north and something to the south but there is nothing to block your forward motion if you want to go east or west. If you go off the map to the east, you just reappear on the west side. But the, <laughs> but the screen flashes because it is reloading the area with you in a different location, uh, which makes mm -hmm. it feel like you have gone to another screen. So now try and imagine the like Sisyphusian hell that I am living through <laughs> trying to figure this out because you bamf off the left side of the screen and you reappear, say, on the right side of the screen, right? I know I've reversed my east and west now, but whatever. So you, you bamf off one side, you reappear on the other side, and you're in the jungle. Everything looks more or less the same. There's muddy brown spots and there's muddy green spots. And so I wandered aimlessly on what I found out later was two screens for a solid probably 30 to 45 seconds before I was just like, I, am I not, I don't 
I don't think there's anything over here. <laughs> like, I think they actually designed the map in such a way where instead of making it impossible for me to go in that direction, they instead programmed into the engine what should happen when you go off the map, but there's no more map. And let me just be clear for anyone who's not understanding how games were designed at this time in history. You didn't go download the Unity engine. You didn't crack open Unreal and just program a game where all of the physics of the universe had already been decided for you. These were all completely bespoke experiences. Every game, with a few exceptions, was basically made from scratch every time, which means someone actually said, instead of just creating a wall that makes it impossible to go over there, we will design the game engine to reload you on the other side of the universe as if you were Pac-Man. Mm -hmm. What the so, hell could they have possibly been thinking? <laughs> um, what they were probably thinking was just waxing nostalgic or, or, or waxing excited about the huge mountain of cocaine they had to do the minute that they were done programming this game that being said well you know what it was there was a programmer who was still in the office but no artists and they were like <laughs> well i can't draw any more jungle onto this map tile but i can make snake reappear on the other side of the map and the, the you know hideo kojima was just like i, I whatever i'm tired just do it <laughs> <laughs> either that or the for that one particular area that required animation they brought in the same guy who did uh from the nes legend of zelda the guy who did the lost woods see, area see that is exactly what i was thinking of yeah i was just like oh it's like because i'm in the jungle and it's easy to get lost right. in the jungle that's exactly how it felt and so i was banging my head against this for a while yep it, yeah no i'm I, now my new headcanon is that those two locations are the same you know <laughs> the lost woods is the jungle in metal gear yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, like, for whatever reason, those all happen in the same universe. It's just, like, during a time when Ganon's sealed away and, like, Link isn't, hasn't, like, incarnated again as Doom Guy because that's its own theory, you know? And, uh, and yeah, yes, that is my new headcanon. I mean, it makes as much sense as anything else in the Metal Gear universe, so upward and onward to audio. <laughs> to audio. Um, <laughs> I feel like you need a, a, a little alert you know, like for when we move to the audio section, that bring, you know, oh, the, for, the, uh, the alert noise. Yeah, Th this can be made to happen. Well, especially if I start. Well, no, actually, that's that, that's how you should bleep all the things that I just sweared before. But anyways, you mean all the um, and yeah, all <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> all of that being said, um, God, man, we're so professional because all of this is going to make it to tape. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, all of that being said, um. Yeah, so, I mean, we have to talk about that because that's very iconic of this game. And one of the, I think, really important parts is because, again, if you are playing a stealth game, you do need to know when you have suddenly landed on the failure spectrum, right? And that, <laughs> you, there is no doubt in your mind when somebody has spotted you. Visually, there's not a whole lot that happens, you know? Like, the guys just kind of start moving towards you, you know? But the music changes and there's a quick alert that basically says like you have been spotted and that there is no doubt on if you're playing the game on mute i think it would make the game probably two to three times harder just because the visuals don't let you know anything but that audio cue is dead on yeah and i mean the the guards move in a way that is unique to them being aggroed right so 
you, you can't, I mean, basically it's just faster and they're coming for you. Um, well, they're vaguely coming for you. Sometimes they just kind of wander aimlessly, but they always move faster. They never mm-hmm. move at that speed when they're patrolling. They only move at that speed when they're aggroed. Right. Um, right. So I, I agree with you. Like visually, you would probably be like, oh man, those, those, those shirtless dudes are sure hauling butt for some reason. But having the music change, well, having the alert sound first is like, you'd be hard pressed to miss that. But then having the like super tense alert music, and it's always mm-hmm. the same, no matter where you are in the game, it's always the same alert noise and super tense alert music is an undeniable, like not only are things bad at the moment but you learn very quickly that until the alert music goes away things are still bad right yes because that music returning to the um kind of ambient uh sort of environmental music is like that's your cue right even if you you think you're hiding from the dudes the two bad dudes you are still on alert right and and visually there isn't anything in this game later they did this visually there isn't anything to indicate that alert has ended except i guess if you killed all the enemies or if they return to their normal um like patrols but they don't (laughs) they they stay aggroed forever once you aggro them or kill them Mm -hmm. which i mean to be fair is more realistic than most games because i mean i feel that most you know areas like if, if you and me were patrolling along an area right and then I like looked away and looked back and you were like dead on the ground. Like I wouldn't eventually go back to normal patrolling, you know, <laughs> like, which is what happens in most modern stealth games. Where it's like, Oh my God, they got David. Where is he? I, uh, I guess he, he probably left. It's probably okay. I'll go back to business as usual. And they don't even pick up the body. Like, <laughs> no, you know, so yeah, <laughs> <laughs> So this is technically more realistic, but that being said, this is where, you know, it's, it it is a video game, right? So, you know, like, you know, you're making a game, you gotta, you have to make some affordances for that. So, um, so yeah, so it is nice though, that from an audio standpoint, that, that as long as that music's playing, you are still in that failure state and, uh, and they're going to keep chasing you, you know, whether it's a dog, whether it's human, doesn't matter. They're after you, which is, uh, is really nice and that's the only positive thing i have to say about the audio so i i mean i know you and your your ears but um i actually what? i really enjoy that this game and stealth games i think in general try to do this and and this is a super early one um i don't think it's the progenitor of this genre but it's definitely one of the first out of the gate because mm-hmm. They just frankly didn't have the technology to do it real well, as evident by this game. So, but <laughs> it's evident by them not doing it real well. <laughs> um, but I like that there's there is music, but it's not overly complex. It doesn't feel very loud. Like they actually mixed it down a little bit, maybe. Um, it it just it feels more. And it, they're definitely tunes, right? Like they are melodies, but they're very kind of like environmental. They're very tonal, right? Like they're trying to to remind you through the music that you are supposed to be sneaking around, right? Because if it was like a friggin' hairband 
metal song that was just like, Aah! like you, you would not think like, oh, I should just be kind of chilling and, and then, you know, going in guns blazing. Cause that's what cool dudes do. Like you, you need to know that you should be sneaking around. And one of the ways that the world can do that is by making combat and a thing you should avoid at all costs by always murdering you every time murdering you. By making any time people see you, they spawn endlessly to murder you. But in this case, by having music that's just like kind of quiet spy music, sort of like really simple little melody, not complex harmonies and things. And and not just because it was hard to do that kind of music on the Nintendo, but like they're not even trying, right? Like The Legend of Zelda and Super Mario and Mega Man and a lot of other games like tr- and Final Fantasy, Dragon Quest, like they tried to have like rich, interesting scores. Metal Gear is really not trying to do that. It's trying to have emotional sounds that count as music, but that you wouldn't say like, oh man, I just got that tune from Metal Gear stuck in my head because it's just not that kind of music. It is music, but it's like it's like non-music. Yeah, you see, and, and, and the thing is, I can't even like hear any of the Metal Gear music right now. All I can hear is castlevania music for whatever reason like my brain's overlaying that music (laughs) onto this which i know is not right that's actually a good example because castlevania even like the older castlevanias have like fantasy scores right like Mm -hmm. the 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 opening of castlevania one the castlevania is like right like it's it's like yeah, the world is scary, but like you're a hero in the world. And like, yes, it is bad and you're probably going to die, but like you're a hero. You're here to stop the evil force. The The music in Metal Gear Solid, like I'm not even going to make an attempt to hum it because even though there is a melody of sorts, it is a piece of music. It's very environmental. Like I, I, I maybe a musician would have a better term for it, but like environmental, tonal, like it's it's – it's trying to just set the mood. It's like mood sounds more than it is mm. music. And and I I like that. I like that a lot. Like I, I think that's actually one of the things that this game and this genre of game needs. I don't really want to hear a jaunty tune when I'm sneaking up on a guy to stab him through the throat. Like I need uh-huh. <laughs> I mean that there are games like that, right? Like I mean, Grand Theft. So uh, it's not the same tone. Like, yeah, you I mean, know, that's... Th- think about the difference between sneaking up behind somebody in Grand Theft Auto and sneaking up behind somebody in like Thief. Right? It's like you you have a similar goal. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna stab this guy in the neck and take his stuff. But but it feels different, and it should feel different. And and I want to not be when I'm playing Metal Gear. When I'm playing a Metal Gear game. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting Rambo, even though that's the aesthetic they were going for visually at this time in history. I want to be a spy, right? But mm-hmm. not a sexy James Bond spy. I'm like an actual spy. <laughs> like I want to, thank God it doesn't actually make that noise. I want to, <laughs> I want to sneak in and I want to like, you know, get my target and then like, disappear like a ghost right like i'm a phantom i slither away like a snake i don't think they ever actually do that in the game like like hitman though but it should be like you know the game yes like that right the way you murder somebody in grand theft auto and the way you murder somebody in hitman or in thief very different kinds of murdering people right yeah no absolutely and i mean because again it's not 
really it is it is male empowerment but it's not um it it isn't you know like like running and gunning it's not you know i mean Doom it, guy. it's it's batman versus superman batman is right. terrifying for very different reasons than superman is terrifying superman could kill you way more creative and interesting ways than batman could kill you just because Batman is bound by the laws of physics, not because mm-hmm. there aren't lots of interesting and creative ways he could kill you, but the way he kills you is that you don't know how he's going to kill you, right? That's what makes right. him terrifying. And I know you're thinking Batman doesn't kill people, but if you've watched movies in recent history, he totes does. So <laughs> they all they all do now. Uh, but like, the, what makes Batman terrifying is that fear of the oh no, right? And you, you always fear what you don't understand. And and yeah. that's that is what Metal Gear and stealth games are supposed to be going for. And the mm-hmm. fact that at this time in history they were wise enough to support that with the music, because I swear to God, this is all still related to audio. <laughs> I was gonna say this this sounds like a good segue into gameplay, honestly. <laughs> we're getting there. But the fact that all of that is supported by the audio, I think is actually like I have no complaints. The audio is actually across the board fine or good or even great. The visuals you can't say that about. Yeah, no, I mean, like for me, the um, the the audio, some of the audio cues, like I, I just, like I said, you know, I don't, I don't have anything positive to say. There, there was nothing in here though that was akin to, you know, the Mario Donkey Kong walking music. You know, there was nothing that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like there, there was nothing. Um, and and before when you said, you know, when when I play Metal Gear Solid. Or you know, you said when I play Metal Gear, this is what I want. The 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 one thing that I think that we both want when you play Metal Gear is to not be playing Metal Gear. But you know but what that they say about said, playing Metal would... Gear? You'll wish you weren't playing Metal Gear. <laughs> I want to make a game that makes people. <laughs> this was this game was actually just made by a, like a disgruntled set of parents who like don't like all how all these video games are stopping kids from going out and playing outside. And so like, what if we made a game that when you pick it up, you're like. And outside's looking real good about now, but uh, but that being said, there was nothing in in the audio score in in either the the music or the actual play that made me think like, man, I this is this is intolerable. You know, it was it was innocuous or helpful, very very much so juxtaposed by the visuals. Yeah. Well, and, and here's my segue into mechanics for you. So, mm-hmm. uh, when you say like, oh, but you know, the visuals sucked in this way, the audio was you know, to, to your ears, it was inoffensive, right? To my ears, I was like, no, it was good. Like they did what they, I think were trying to accomplish. Uh, it's important to remember again, uh, the man wanted to make movies. Like he loves cinema. He's, he is a storyteller by trade and through a quirk of his career history, his media has become video games instead of movies. And, uh, I'm not exaggerating when I say in Metal Gear Solid 4, there is a single cutscene that is 45 minutes long. In Over the course of the game, there are seven and a half hours of cutscenes <laughs> in Metal Gear Solid 4. The man wanted to make movies, right? And I think when, as we segue into mechanics here, it is important to understand that his sort of limited understanding of what the technology was capable of is really apparent in his ambition. He really Mm -hmm. wanted to tell this story in this universe that felt this way and looked this way and sounded this way and moved this way. And 
he just way, way overshot what was actually possible for the time. Even if he had had the most talented developers and artists, the the hardware was literally only capable of so much, right? So it's not that the engineers and the, the artists and the sound designers didn't understand his vision. I'm sure they did. But, I mean, like, come on. Like, you just can't. Yeah. You just couldn't at this time in history. And um, I don't know when we want to talk about the map. Do you want to talk about the map now or later? Let's talk about the map. Okay. So, so... We've played some NES era games um, where we have joked that uh, there's a weird bridge from board games to video games where they were still including instructions. Mm -hmm. Well, Hideo Kojima has a funny sense of humor, and <laughs> he he doesn't think the fourth wall is like a thing. And and I don't mean that in like a derisive way where I'm saying like, oh, he's he's a fool. He doesn't understand the separation of, you know, actor and audience. He intentionally breaks the fourth wall constantly and in lots of ways that are novel and clever and interesting and in other ways that are less so. And this game shipped with an actual physical map that outlines every area in the game and all of the item and prisoner locations, which are mm -hmm. relevant to your experience. And so I was playing the game for a little while, and I was seriously considering the value of my TV versus the value of catharsis. <laughs> yep. And so I was like, okay, all right, I give up. You win. Like, I just, I need to look this up. I need, I don't have anyone I could talk to, so I can't get like that social experience. So I have to get a social proxy via the internet, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I looked it up and I was like, Oh, uh, the game comes with a map. Oh, the map tells you everything because he's a soldier and he would have been briefed ahead of time. Like this right. is literally, this isn't the map that the character or this isn't the map the player has. This is the map the character would have because of course he would. Right. And that drove me nuts because I probably <laughs> invested two to three hours of just mindless aimless wandering up until this point before i was like okay all right you win hideo you've defeated me i need to look this up i can't figure any of this crap out and then to figure out that i should have right because these are classic games we're not always playing these with the original box in mint condition like we would ideally be doing back in 1988 right we are fumbling through whatever we can find it's swap meets and conventions and stuff and you don't always have all of the original materials so Going through this game, not knowing that you it's it's like if you open Monopoly and there were no instructions in the box. I mean, this is not an it, optional it, it, thing. It would be like if all of a sudden you were dropped in on a super secret spy mission without a brief. <laughs> yeah, with no It'd be like that. <laughs> it would be exactly like that. And that that really it was frustrating because I had wasted so much time and like emotional energy into this thing I should not have been pumping time and emotional energy into. But what really killed me is I would have just, I, I, I get why they didn't do this, but Hideo Kojima has no problem breaking the fourth wall. I mean, he literally has the actors refer to the buttons on the controller with like no shame. Like this is a normal thing that he does in his games. He does all kinds of other quirky stuff. There could have been like a prompt at the beginning of the game. That's like, you know, snake 
make sure you have your map. It's in the box. And this is a man who later refers to the back of the CD case in one of his games. So he is not above that kind of thing. That is a normal way for him to write dialogue. Like I would have just, it would have cinched it for me if they had mm-hmm. just said like, Snake, make sure you have, you know, your mission briefing. It was in the game box. And then I would have right. said as the player, I would have been like, oh, right. Like I should have a literal physical object that I am referring to that has all of the information on it. And I just, I could bitch about this ad infinitum. Like literally, if you don't stop me, like I'll just complain about this forever. All right. All right. Shut up here. I got something to say. So, um, cause good, good job. That was, that was really boring. So my thing, <laughs> um, no. So, uh, so yeah. So then let, let's, let's think about this from a, a core aesthetic kind of place. So, um, it, it's, if they show you where everything is, right. It's not, discovery right you're not like like oh man what's what's behind the next corner right so but giving you all giving you your mission brief right that definitely does continue to go into fantasy but then every portion of the execution falls flat completely on that then the only other thing behind it is challenge right and this is where it gets this is where it gets interesting which is that games that have challenge as a core aesthetic like it's it's one of those things where well kind of like we said on this show is that you know people are like oh well yeah it's really easy to make a nostalgia game all you have to do is just copy the other game and it's like no it's actually way harder because you're viewing it through nostalgia goggles so with that in mind that when people are like oh well making a challenge game is easy it's just basically like making an obstacle course it's like yes but you have to make it hard enough that a vast array of players and player skill and game literacy can find it enjoyable and challenging, but and not so easy that you just walk through it without any challenge whatsoever, but not so hard that it causes you to, you know, slowly go delve into corners of madness in your mind, <laughs> unless that's what you're trying to do, like uh, Darkest Dungeon. So all that being said is that this game was punishing yes like it was not it was not difficult it was punishing and i think that the there's there is a lot of problems you know in the same way that there were a lot of reasons why the titanic was a complete disaster (laughs) but the big iceberg that i see is the cycle time you know yeah so we this is another um I'm not going to count this as research because I stumbled upon this piece of information just being exposed to video game culture, right? This mm-hmm. this is something I could have believably come across like talking to my friend about this game. So the MSX version of this game is like just overwhelmingly considered superior. And there's a lot of differences, but they're all really minor. But it's like there's a ton of minor differences between the MSX version and the Nintendo version. And... Uh, one of the differences that is frankly just inscrutable to me is in the MSX version, anytime you enter an elevator corridor, because you have to go in and out of elevators a lot. So anytime you enter an elevator corridor, you hit a checkpoint. You don't need to know that. It just happens. And if right. you die, you go back to the elevator corridor you were in most recently with whatever you had in your inventory with however much of the story you had completed. In the NES version, they decided, no, here's what we'll do instead. 
as you progress through the story, your rank, which is denoted in the lower left corner, goes up. So as you free more prisoners, as you free like special prisoners, like your rank goes up and you defeat bosses and your rank goes up. And I think there's five stars in your rank is the maximum. Um, that would make sense. You, by the end of this one mission, you are a five-star general. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, I, I think there's five ranks. And so there's a checkpoint for each rank, right? But what they don't tell you is any of that. <laughs> they just dump you into the world. And if you die, you just seemingly reappear randomly, right? And mm-hmm. so like in the beginning of the game, if you are struggling to make progress and you haven't freed many prisoners and gotten up to rank two, you just continue to respawn at the beginning of the game. But what they don't communicate to you is that all of your items are still in your inventory and anything you have accomplished is still accomplished. But from your point of view, you're like, I'm, am I, am I just back at the beginning of the game? And right. then, and then later, once you do start to make progress, you navigate the map in a fairly non-linear way because it's a stealth game where you're infiltrating a base. Which, if you remember my quote at the top, Hideo Kojima did not build into the original. So, you like once you get to the second star, now your spawn location is somewhere different. Once you get to the third star, now your spawn location is somewhere different, and your spawn location may be nowhere close to where you were when where you you were when you died, and it may also be nowhere close to where the objective you should be heading towards is, which makes it really useless as a spawn location. Cause you're like, I, where do I go from here? Why did I spawn here? So not only is the cycle time punishing for the reasons I'm about to let you get into, but you also, every time you respawn, you're like, I, what, where am I? What am I supposed to be doing <laughs> right now? Well, and then that, that further dismantles the, the fantasy uh, aesthetic, right? Because the idea at least so okay all games have to deal with failure state right you know like when you have failed to the point where it's like you you need to try again you know so with mario right is it just kicks you back to the beginning but with narrative narrative heavy games right um it had a handle that is is interesting you know so like with mario you don't even think about it right you just it's just load it up try it again but this game has a story to it right um so let's let's juxtapose it to you know the last of us because that's fair um so if we say you know like for example when joel dies right joel died right so the idea then is that it kicks you back to a checkpoint and none of that actually happened you know like that's an alternate universe or whatever right yeah so the the version like if you could supercut all of your or it's it's him it's him working through the strategies in his mind or something it's like, oh, if I go that way, I die. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, like like in the, the, the Sherlock Holmes movies, you know, um, where he's like playing out his mind. Maybe, like, whatever. But basically that the one true universe, what actually happens is the supercut of all of your successful attempts, right? And that's very, very common in games. That's entirely fine, right? But so now, like, if I am a super spy and I, like, you know, went in and I got past the dogs and I got into the vomit-inducing truck and then i got out of the vomit inducing truck and then i got back into it for some reason and then i got out of it again right (laughs) and then you know i got into the base and i punched this guy to death but then all of a sudden you know like one of his friends turned and shot me in the back of the head and then merged into me and made me into mr smith or whatever right but anyways i i I failed and died right then when i come back you know like if i come back at the beginning i'm like okay well none of that happened and now I'm just going to try again. But if I've got all of my stuff, then it's like, what narratively happened here? You know, because especially if Hideo, if 
Damn, why can't I say that name? Because Japanese Hideo names Kojima. are hard to an English mouth. Yes, Hideo Kojima. But, but if he wanted to make movies, and I know that he's basically washed his hands of this whole thing, but even if we assume that this is in the spirit of what he tries to do, right? If it, the whole thing is that he wants to make movies, this narratively makes no sense. How in the world did I suddenly respawn at the beginning after having died but still have my stuff? Well, and I can, you know? I can imagine this as one of the key mechanical changes that he would cite as like, I didn't touch that. Like I would never do that because in his version of the game, it is the standard. You go back to a checkpoint. It's as if none of that happened. And then you proceed again and try to be successful in this version of your future. Right. Which is consistent with like, Oh, narratively, I was thinking through what would happen if I jumped out of the truck and I got shot to death. So I didn't actually do that. That's just what you imagined happened, right? But in the Nest version, it doesn't make any sense narratively. And I can imagine him just saying, like, if it doesn't make sense narratively, it's not my game. Like, I'll break all these other rules of game design, but not something that breaks his narrative, which I'm not saying is a good narrative, but his narrative. Like, he he is the storyteller. Well, and that's and that's a in general, I mean, in, in most things, like a good thing where you say, like, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to do thing A. I will not sacrifice anything that is not in service of that, you know? So, like, if, you know, if somebody's like, oh, well, this game mechanic works really, really well in video games, it's like, but it's not in service of the one thing that I am trying to do above all other things. So it goes, you know, like that, that generally creates a very cohesive thing. And it seems like, like we said, when it was ported to this, that all of that fell apart. So, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, what 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 could it be? So off the top of my head, what I'm thinking is, you know, one possible explanation is that you're not dying. They're just kicking you out, you know? Yeah, like, which, like, no. Which is dumb, you know? It's, I mean, and that's, obviously that's not what's happening. But to me, like, it's just kind of like the, you know, like they throw you out of the compound. It's like, I had a gun, you know? <laughs> like... Throw the gun after you, and you're like thank you. Also, you a know? key card in one of your soldiers' uniforms that I stole, <laughs> and three rations, no more. But uh, yeah, you know, so like that. Well, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, well, maybe the whole thing is just like one giant training mission for the mission that's about to come. But that doesn't make it. So none of it makes any sense. So again, it's like the the, the question ultimately becomes why, why, why this game, why this game? Because it's not fun to play and the narrative doesn't make any sense and it doesn't make it feel like the super spy so why why so uh can can i actually there there is a mechanical thing i actually really appreciated can i can i share this with you nope okay the curtain (laughs) (laughs) so um i i don't know about you but i have not played a ton of stealth games um, I think I played one of the Hitman games. I actually never played Thief, which I'm told is like a huge gap in like my game's literacy. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I, I don't know if there weren't a ton of them or if I just didn't gravitate towards them or some, you know, amount of both. But but the you Metal Gear the Solid... Of Us, that's kind of a stealth game. What is? I, I think The Last of Us is predominantly a stealth game. Oh, no, totally. Right. But I'm just saying like overwhelmingly yeah. when I played games where the hero has a gun, they were not stealth games, right? They were hero right. has a gun games, right? right. <laughs> and those are often quite different in their mechanics. And uh, something that the Metal Gear franchise does really well that I assume most stealth games do in varying degrees of quality is 
going all the way back to Metal Gear on the Nintendo, um, they they make it pretty clear in my mind that combat is not what you are seeking because mm-hmm. the enemies are catastrophically difficult to defeat even if there's only one or two of them. And once you are inside the base or inside a building or around enemies, they will spawn endlessly and murder you endlessly. And and I feel like an unrelenting wave of nearly immortal super soldiers clipping through your sprite and murder housing you and tossing you back into the jungle. I feel like, honestly for all because they couldn't do a ton of dialogue right they couldn't there's lots of things they couldn't do that is a really clear way mechanically to tell the player that was not a way to solve that problem like oh Mm -hmm. were you trying to get from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen fighting your way from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen that was not a way to solve that problem right and and i i like that a lot about the metal gear universe is that they don't say the challenge never feels approachable, basically. Like, right. combat is so overwhelmingly, like, disadvantageous that even in the later games where you can sometimes, like, shoot your way out, you've depleted all of your resources. You're totally mm-hmm. out of bullets. You're totally out of rations. Like, you've just been completely obliterated. And it's like, yeah, I survived the encounter and I escaped the alert, but I'm still going to load my save file because that was not how I should have handled that problem. <laughs> Right. And I think one other thing that they do that kind of leans into that is you don't you do not start with a gun, you know, like that's, again, you know, a very clear like everybody else has a gun. You do not. So you brought fists to a gunfight. You, you, you shouldn't be picking that fight. That being said, I mean, like it is ridiculous that they wouldn't give you a gun, you know, like that you kind of find all of this. Stuff. I mean, I, just just for me, you know, I'm just saying that like like, you know. You, you got to have equipment to do the job. But that being said, again, you know, th- from a mechanic standpoint, like that absolutely holds up where it's just kind of like, you know, you start off with nothing in your inventory. And the very first thing it does is it puts a guard in front of you who very obviously falls asleep. Right. And if he's asleep, you sneak past him. And if he's awake, he shreds you to death with his bullets and then makes you one of him, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> like. That's that's clear where you're like, like, you know, because I, I went up to him and, you know, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to punch this guy to death. But if you screw that up even a little bit, I was like, yeah, you know, it's just easier to sneak by him altogether, you know. So that's almost almost a gating mechanic, you know, where they basically say, like, you, you really can't get past this point without at least a little bit knowing that you shouldn't be doing this. And then the next thing that happens is the host of three dogs. Yeah. Right. And you ain't killing those three dogs. No. Right. So. So, yeah, so if at that point you are still trying to murder house your way through it, then this is very much so going to become a game of mist where you can't solve the first puzzle, which basically becomes a beach simulator. You know, like this is going to be those first two bits and that's <laughs> it, you know? Yeah, no, and, and I I think they could even potentially up the ante even more on those first two screens, but presumably you will make it past those first couple of screens and then you will be in an area where enemies do spawn endlessly and overwhelm you with numbers. And then you're like, oh, I'm not here for combat. Like, yes, they have guns and I can punch them to death, but I'm not super punch out. Like, I'm, I'm not here to punch all of these shirtless men to death. I am here to 
hopefully not punch any of them to death and sneak past all of them, right? And I just, I really appreciate that as a a way to remind you that combat is not what you're here for by just making combat essentially impossible, right? To the point mm-hmm. where even the least games literate person would be like, this seems like this is not what they want me to do, right? Right. Like if, if you're trying to jump over something and Mario's sprite just is nowhere close to the height of the jump and you notice that Mario always jumps the exact same height because that's how jumping in Mario works, then you're going to pretty clearly determine like, oh, I'm not supposed to jump over this. It's not like if I get a running start, I'll be able to jump four times higher, right? So that's right. that's like, that's a good way to do that in a platformer and overwhelming combat where you get murder housed is a great way to do it in a stealth game. Um, should we at least quickly acknowledge the quality of the translation of this game (laughs) yeah yeah we can just i mean it's bad it's funny but it's bad it's it's so bad that i honestly think it makes the game harder to play because you do save people who then tell you like what you need to do next or what you should care about now that you've saved that person and the translations are so so bad they're so bad they're these are probably some of the worst translations i've ever seen in a video game ever and i mean i'm a monolingual i get it like translation is a really hard thing to do but like the effort of the human beings who made this translation aside it does really harsh the gameplay experience because they're bad and hilariously bad like often takes you out of the moment because uh oh the truck have started moving or it's the exact one I got written down. I is falling asleep or whatever the first guy says on the screen. Like it, they're just they're so bad. And in a game yeah. where you need other humans to communicate information to you using human language, like that's a problem. Yeah. On a scale of in- interpreter to UN members and <laughs> all your base, this one definitely falls in the all your base category. Yeah. No, in the all your base space. Yeah. Base. Yeah. Base. No, this and all your base went to high school together. Like this, this, <laughs> this is, they know each other. They've slept at each other's houses. They've broken yeah. bread. <laughs> yeah. They spent a lot of time hanging out and like, and then like all your base went on to do all your base. And this guy did like, this one did like a little bit better, you know, but, but it, it has a little bit too much respect for all your base, you know, where it's just kind of like, it's like, no, all your base is fine. Everybody's like, no, it's bad. Like, it's bad. It's not a good thing to do. And it's like, eh, but, you know, it's okay. Like, that's, it's an all your base sympathizer. That's what this game is, you know? I mean, I, I can't think of any better way to segue into the, <laughs> the, the final section here. So, uh, so I, I don't know if, if anybody could puzzle it out. We played this one pretty close to the chest. Um, do you think it held up? Are you saying we were stealthy about our feelings? Because that would be a <laughs> solid... Ju- no, okay, I'm done. Um, <laughs> no, it's terrible. Um, and it's it's terrible in a way that I don't honestly know... I know we've played a few games that were like unplayably terrible before, but I wouldn't even recommend somebody who has nostalgia goggles for this game to go back and play it. Like, just don't play this game. This game is not fun. Like, unless yeah. you are prepping for like gdq and this is the game that you're going to try and get the world record in like just don't 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 play this game it's not fun it's not novel it's not interesting and there's literally other games in this series that do all of the very aspirational things that this game wanted so badly to be a bajillion times better so i mean nostalgia goggles required if you have to play it at all 
but I would say mm-hmm. just like just don't like just don't even play it. Yeah, it's it's kind of like you know like do you need nostalgia goggles to play this game? And it's like n- no, it's more like not nostalgia goggles needed but no eyes needed like don't <laughs> it's, you know like it's do, it's uh do you, your eyes out do you need a bulletproof vest to survive being shot yes but also just try not to get shot right <laughs> or, as, or as rick says to morty you know when when being shot at it's like you know like all you have to do is just avoid getting shot morty you do it every day in your normal life i don't see why this is such a big deal you know but yeah just don't <laughs> Don't 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 play this game. It's uh it, it's it's not because normally I try to think like, well, who would I recommend this game to? I don't even think that it's good for like game designers as like a because there's just more games that are more singularly wrong. Yeah, you know, no, this ba- game bad hitboxes and mediocre combat and confusing layout, like that's not unique to this game. No, and there are other games that you can look at that are a more distilled version of like this is what a bad hitbox like costs. But I mean, like it's just it's just a jumbled mess. So I think uh, that quote that I gave you at the top um, from Hideo Kojima, uh, there is an important bit of that quote that I intentionally left out to the end of the episode because it's about the end of the game. Mm. So the MSX, uh, mildly, but was a more powerful piece of hardware than the Nintendo. And I know I didn't make it to the end of this game, and I'm pretty confident you didn't make it to the end of this game. Not even a little. Yeah. So the game is called Metal Gear because the Metal Gear is the giant evil robot that is mm-hmm. like you need to destroy. Like that's what you're there to do. Mm-hmm. Well, turns out on the Nintendo, they were struggling to render the sprite in a way that looked good. So instead, they removed it from the game entirely. And there's just a big computer that you destroy at the end. And that's how the game ends. And so here is the part of the the earlier quote from that Hideo Kojima interview that I intentionally omitted because I think it really sums up what this game is like even if you make it to the end, okay? Uh, Furthermore, being Metal Gear, it goes without saying that Metal Gear should make an appearance at the end. (laughs) However, from what I've heard, due to the technical difficulties in displaying the sprite on the screen, they swapped Metal Gear out for a gigantic monitor. That made me see that whoever created this game had no sliver of appreciation for the players. However, even though it was an abomination, it was during the bubble economy and surely sold millions overseas. It's not a solid game. The curtain falls. The music plays. The credits roll. Then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself. The fanfare is gone There's no player two There by your side to share victories won But as you slowly progress Down the hall to your bed A few great events Leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness, just sword in hand. Your memories creeping with the end of a smile. You realize again what you lost for a while. You're gonna think back much less on how you saved the day. Oh!
Rid it, did, did, did. We should play Metal Gear Solid. 